0: We start with more on what's in store for the Chicago area over the next 24 to 48 hours. What the Weather Channel has dubbed Winter Storm Elliott is about to blow through. We are expecting up to six inches of snow in and around Chicago, more in Northwest Indiana, as well as high winds and dangerous wind chills, perhaps down to 40 below zero overnight. Weather officials are cautioning that conditions could be dangerous for anyone outside without proper protection. Eric Lenning is a meteorologist at the National Weather Service and joins us now with more. Welcome to Reset, Eric.
1: Hello, happy to be with you.
0: So the storm inched closer last night with lots of heavy winds. How much snow could Cook County residents expect tonight?
1: We're looking uh, in the Chicago metro area somewhere in the range of three to six inches and more Toward as you get into northwest Indiana, where you're going to have some lake effect snow tonight and tomorrow, adding to those totals. But for for most of the Chicago metro, uh, three to six is, is the most uh, likely scenario at this point.
0: And that three to six, you're saying what time you think that'll hit?
1: Well, uh, in the western suburbs, the snow is already uh, coming down pretty good. It's been moving across Iowa into northwest Illinois this morning. A lot of the roads uh, to our west are already snow covered. And so Pretty much now through the afternoon is when uh, the rest of Chicago uh, will start to see the, the snow pick up and then temperatures start to fall.
0: Tell us what we can uh, expect when it comes to the wind and wind chills, because I'm hearing that's going to be probably the roughest part.
1: Yeah, that was certainly one of our driving concerns. Uh, when we issued the uh, the winter storm watch on Monday and then upgraded to a warning yesterday, it was the very dangerous wind chills starting Really, even this evening, uh, starting uh, getting into the minus 20 level and then by tomorrow uh, below minus 30 with uh, very strong winds gusting up to nearly 50 miles an hour at times tomorrow. So, uh, you know, the wind chills uh, that cold are going to be very dangerous if anyone's outside for any length of time.
0: Yeah. Well, earlier this week, the storm, uh, it was near Seattle. Can we consider this a fairly fast moving storm?
1: You know, it's, uh, you know, we've been tracking it since it was really north of Alaska. And uh, as it, it comes on uh, to land and you start to get better observations under it, uh, you, you start to maybe get some more reliable forecasts. And it's, it's pretty typical for something like that uh, to develop that far north and then be able to move across the entire continent in a matter of a few days. But it's unusual in this case because it's also deepening very rapidly as it does so.
0: Yeah. Th- does this mean, though, that we, we can expect it won't last too long?
1: Fortunately, uh, you know, the snow is looking like a maybe, you know, the the bulk of it's going to be today and this evening, Uh, lighter amounts continuing tomorrow, but uh, most of it's going to be be probably wrapping up uh, overnight tonight uh, with the bulk of it again this afternoon, which is not good if you're trying to travel or or get home from work. Uh, And tomorrow, the the primary concern is not the snow, but just the bitter cold temperatures and the very strong winds.
0: (laughs) Temperatures will will continue to be low even after the heaviest snowfall passes. So just talk about the kinds of conditions that will create for drivers, uh, to your point there, or anybody who just needs to be outside.
1: Absolutely, yeah. The drivers, you know, for travel, we are just really uh, recommending that people stay home, postpone their travel today because of the snow and the blowing snow, which could produce blizzard-like conditions, zero visibility, whiteout conditions, and then uh, even even after the snow stops tomorrow with that kind of wind the snow is uh it's going to be very easy to blow around and uh, continue to produce some very uh, bad visibilities in places and c- quickly cover roads that have already been uh plowed but on top of that if you do get stuck you're dealing with minus 30 degree wind chills and so yeah. uh you know it's just not going to be safe to travel pretty much uh for the next 36 hours really into saturday
0: Eric Lenning is a meteorologist at the National Weather Service. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Now, for many people in the Chicago area, riding out the storm will mean taking a few precautions, but it's not that simple for people who are experiencing homelessness. So we turn now to Carla Johnson, who's a grassroots leader with the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. Great to talk with you again, Carla. Thank you so much. Glad to hear you. So you were just listening along, and uh, we heard more about this storm that is hitting the area tonight. How is preparing for the storm different for folks who are experiencing homelessness?
2: I, I I really don't even know how to explain it. I had the misfortune of having to go to the hospital even last week when it wasn't even as bad as expected to be. And to see the number of people that are just there in there and to hear the staff talking that that's another refuge that the homeless population has to take. is to go into the emergency rooms to take shelter or to get food or resources. It's just something you wouldn't think about until you're actually in that situation. And unfortunately, so many people are that we don't even realize because a lot of time we cover it up. You know, people are walking around homeless. Right. That you never would even think
0: about. And you were there just last week mm-hmm. seeing this. In
2: the hospital because they had to take me, fortunately, from one hospital to way somewhere else where I had no family or anybody just for the resources because the hospitals were so full of people that didn't have anywhere else to go.
0: Wow. Let's talk about shelters. How many are there uh, across Chicago that are available for people to seek shelter during this storm?
2: As far as official shelters, I'm not sure of that exact number, but I think I remember hearing 55. And that number is really not adequate or accurate.
0: Talk more about the need. I mean, what are you seeing on the streets right now?
2: Well, of course, you know, for the weather, you know, coats and hats and uh just places of shelter, it's not just single individuals. Sometimes it's women with children, you know. Mm-hmm. And you were speaking about how to keep a car winterized. Sometimes you might not even have that, you know. So that in itself, having a shelter would be a car for a parent with children. So mm-hmm. that's a terrible situation to be in in this weather.
0: So tell us more about uh, your organization and what you are doing to, to support folks who are unhoused?
2: Our coalition is a group, a collaborative of 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 agencies because it takes more than just one person or one group. And what we're trying to do is to get a designated revenue that would be able to combat this growing, it's not going to go away, uh trauma that we have in our city, which is homelessness. Sixty five thousand. Sixty five thousand. And
0: yeah. Um I mean, it must, it must be difficult to, to, to see that, right? And it I mean, just, I'm thinking of driving home each day when I, you know, pass certain areas and, and I'm, Why? you know, I, I can only do so much, um, you know, when I stop Why? and I help, but I, I, it, my heart breaks. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, when the temperatures dip even below where we're at now, I really hope that there's somewhere for this person to go.
2: Right. We do, too. And what we're doing is letting the mayor know that if given the chance to get on the ballot, the people of Chicago would agree also. And Mm -hmm. it's not asking nothing that can't be done. And nobody wants to be without. And it's a possibility. So we just don't understand the pushback.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But the more power we get, the more uh, information we can get out, the stronger we become as a group. And it's something that we can't accomplish in 23, and that's what our goal is now.
0: Well, as you mentioned, um, the mayor, Carla, was that your group that I saw on, on social media sort of uh, demonstrating outside of yes, her home? We were
2: on her block, yes, we were. We were out there. She wouldn't come to our table, so we came to her. In the spirit of Hanukkah, we came just trying to, you know, get some understanding of why and to let her know that we're not going away. We're still here. And we believe Chicago is behind us. That's why we're bring Chicago home.
0: What can you tell us about warming centers in the city? I'm really not too familiar about the warming centers. I'm
2: more like out in the, and this is new to me also, so I'm more out in the, uh, what are we going to call it, civil disobedience, uh-huh. getting the word
0: out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we talked a moment ago about, you know, some of the most immediate needs of, of people who are experiencing homelessness, you talked about, you know, of course, coats and hats and things. But you mentioned a car, and it's. Like, I'm wondering, do do you know of folks who are trying to sleep in their cars overnight, the ones that do have vehicles?
2: I have had that experience. I have had people tell me that. Yes, I have.
0: What's that like?
2: I can only imagine you, you, it's a process. You would have to put your, keep your things in your car. So sometimes when you're passing people on the street and you see their car full of stuff, it's because they're living in there.
0: That's a thought. For the folks listening, Carla, how can we get involved and, and show our support?
2: Well, uh, Bring Chicago Home is one of the coalitions that's with Chicago Coalition for the Homeless, and we have a website, and anybody that's interested can go to that website and see where they fit in. We need it all over. Like I said, it, it takes more than just one phase of this. You have to have wraparound services to make this process, and you're going to need an infrastructure It's going to take time, but it can be done. So,
0: Yeah, and um, I'm just checking now. It looks like there are about six warming centers uh, across the city. So uh, there should be more information online for folks to to check that out. Uh, We'll leave it there. Carla Johnson's a grassroots leader with the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. Thank you so much for checking in with us and stay warm. Okay. You too. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And the season's first big winter storm is expected to bring temperatures below zero and wind chills into the negative teens, 20s, and even 30s. So what can we expect from winter storms to come for the rest of the season? Trent Ford is an Illinois state climatologist. Welcome back, Trent.
3: Hey, Sasha. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, Trent, uh, you know, this is, of course, going to be a doozy. We're all sort of hanging hanging tight and preparing here. This mix of snow and and single-digit temperatures, it sounds very harsh. Do you think that it means that we're in for a slew of harsh winter storms this season?
3: Not necessarily, Um, and I know that's not the hard and fast answer that you may be looking for, but it's – But walk me through your thinking uh, there. Yeah, so the climatology of of winter weather is kind of interesting. So an early start to winter, uh, as we think of like early – The winter, severe winter weather, like what we're experiencing today, does not necessarily uh, forewarn any sort of really intense winter on the late part. Um, Take last year, for example, where we had the latest snow, the latest first snowfall on record there for Chicago. um, Extremely warm in December. But then January was actually... Quite a bit cooler than normal in february we had quite a bit of snowfall and we actually ended the season a little bit above normal on snowfall which is kind of interesting so so this this fairly early as far as the intensity of the winter storm doesn't necessarily forewarn a, a frequent or really intense winter moving forward which is maybe some good news from there
0: yeah well you know i know the usual advice in these circumstances and we heard earlier from eric lenning from the national weather service it's you know, stay off the roads if you don't have to travel, right? In reality, though, Trent, some of us do have to drive at some point during this storm. It's it's just inevitable. So, anything that those folks should keep in mind?
3: Yeah, take it slow. I'm I'm actually one of those folks because I can work from the <laughs> from home, but my wife can't, and okay. she's not really all that comfortable driving this weather. So I'm I'm in my office now until she gets let go. So I yeah, I'm one of those people, and yeah. and honestly, it's uh. It's just taking it slow um, and and making sure you have, preparations and plans in case your, what is typically maybe a half hour or hour long commute turns into a two or three hour commute, or maybe even longer. And so what that means is making sure you got enough gas in the gas tank. Mm-hmm. If you're driving an EV, remember that your battery life is going to be a lot, your range is going to be a lot smaller in these cold temperatures than yes. normal. So hopefully you don't bank on that 300 mile range. Uh, and just having things in the car ready for you in case you get either stuck in, in pretty heavy traffic or, or God forbid, Stranded on the road, and so that's things like blankets, coats, uh, non-perishable food, water, things like that, entertainment of some kind to keep you going. Um, uh, but you know, the biggest thing to kind of uh, stop yourself from getting stranded is 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 really just taking it slow. Um, you know, I know some folks that we can remain nameless like to drive on the the left shoulder mm-hmm. down to Stevenson when they're trying to get home. Please don't do any of that tonight. It's not worth it, um, especially with that blowing snow. You may not not be able to see people who are stopped in front of you either with their brake lights or their four ways on until you're right on top of them. So again, just taking it slow, um, you know, yeah. drive at your comfortable pace that that's really really important.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's really great advice and thanks for reminding me about the blanket. I need to make sure that I have one in my car as I head on the road uh, as well. And as you talked about making sure gas is in the vehicle, one thing I did too was I made sure my washer fluids were were filled up. Um, I also I put air in my tires cuz I think my tire pressure was low on one and I was like, well, all four of you now get air <laughs> because I just wanted <laughs> I wanted to just make sure uh, I'm I'm good to go and and for folks crossing state lines, you know, keep in mind weather conditions in other areas as well, right? It's not just about what's happening here in Chicago in the Midwest, but I I'm going to Canada for instance and so I had to check what's going on there. And uh yeah. Make sure we're we're yeah. going to be okay.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this storm as as storms typically do this this part of the uh, of the country move from west to east. So, if you're heading west, uh, to Iowa or even further, um, you may actually just hit the cold and the wind and may avoid some of the, the issues. If you're heading east, especially this evening afternoon, you may actually be tracking the storm. So that may be something to look out for, too, is if you're looking to get out of the office 4 or 5 p.m. tonight and head somewhere east, mm-hmm. it may be worth it to either take the night at home, wait it out, let the storm pass, or, or maybe just delay by a couple hours. So you're not tracking that really intense front all the way all the way there.
0: So, Trent, how are you preparing for this storm? I'm curious. And yeah, any last-minute so things? the stuff that
3: I mentioned with, uh, with the cars, that's all ready to go. Um Good. We usually keep a, a, an embarrassingly amount of, of frozen foods uh, uh, in our freezer anyway so uh, that we're ready to go there. Uh, just having the generator ready to go in case we lose power. Um, making sure that I'm communicating with all of our family in the area and friends to, to make sure they know, um, you know, where we're at, how things are going. And that's especially the case if, if, if folks have family or friends, you know, aunties who may not, um, you know, may, may not have the best situation as far as you know, their, their housing, their heat in their housing, just checking on them, making sure they're okay. Those are the things that I'm doing to prepare. And then and then really, anytime you're going to have to Leave your house, making sure you have more layers than you think you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Eric had mentioned, you know, we're talking about windshield temperatures that by the time a lot of folks go home tonight are going to be the minus fifteen, minus twenty range, and even yep. t- later tonight could actually get down to minus thirty, minus forty. That's a uh, frostbite on on uh, open skin in in about half an hour. Oh, yeah. So you really, really want to be uh, layering up, making sure you have all your precautions, um, and and then the last thing is uh, pets. Um, you know. I know I have family with a few dogs who, when it gets below freezing, they want to be outside all the time. Um, but there's a difference between 20 degrees and 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 minus five degrees. Uh, so, yes. uh, make sure you're not leaving pets out uh, for for too long um, to do their business is uh, is really important.
0: Great reminders. Trent Ford is an Illinois State climatologist. Thank you so much for joining us, and stay safe out there.
3: Thanks. You too, Sasha.